Jake the Snake is a man of his word. Last episode, I did a top five original motion picture soundtracks of all time. Of ever. Of ever, ever, ever. Um, as if these was commandments handed to me by God. With Snake Man playing the role of Moses. Um, I'm also doing an IG Live episode when I do some of these solo ones. So, uh, shouts out to everybody on the IG Live. I can't do the one at a time thank yous and shout outs because I got an episode here but thank you so uh, I am going to now do the part two of this top five soundtracks of all time there was some I left off last list because they were not original motion picture soundtracks maybe you like Pulp Fiction or singles or I don't know you name some great soundtracks uh, Kill Bill soundtracks that there is a uh, curated these weren't original songs made for the movie so they were left out. And then if you had a keen eye, which uh, I hope some of you do. Oh, also, damage goods disclaimer. One of the little supporty leg things of my chair, I have just noticed is now on the ground. I mean, it's not connected to the chair. So if you hear a big bang, boom, thud, followed by screams and laughter, that's just the, that's the snake man going down. And if you're watching it on IG Live, you get to see that. Perhaps, maybe hang on, you know, Come for the fucking top five soundtracks. Stay for the possible injury that I may uh, I may incur here on this episode. But no, God is with me. <laughs> or just the fucking, this furniture. I don't even know what this is from. What is this? Living spaces? It's not cheap enough to be Ikea, but it is certainly none of that fancy shit. Uh, anyways. So yeah, some of those weren't included because of them not being original. Then there was some that you might have said, Yo, Snake Man, how the hell did you have this in their top five? Uh, there was a certain set of movie soundtracks that are very much original that I omitted from that top five because they're so special. They're so good. Um, they're so unique, and they all kind of belong in their own fucking episode, their own fucking category, their own fucking little top five. Uh, and that is the top five black exploitation film soundtracks of all time. I'll get into why these are so particularly beautiful, important, significant, awesome, and why they had to have their own episode. And the five, which I picked for it, I'm sure you can guess some of the ones that might be in the top five. Maybe your personal list is different than mine. Remember, in case you forgot already, <clears throat> these were handed to me as commandments from God. Fucking huge tablets, dude. You know how heavy those shits are? I got a sciatica issue, man. I can't be lifting heavy tablets. Um, random side note, uh... I just saw CBS News, that's one of the major news networks, um, posted some shit saying that like, news studies show, and studies is a very vague word, I conduct studies, do I look like a professor? <laughs> Maybe on Wednesdays and Thursdays, but uh, anyway, studies show that <clears throat> child obesity, current issues with child obesity in uh, Los Estados Unidos, um, can be linked to climate change. And I said, hmm. And they're basically saying, it's so hot now, kids don't want to go outside, kids don't want to exercise, kids don't want to play. The reason your fucking eight-year-old is fat and breathing hard and has to stab himself with fucking insulin, which is a very sad thing, I'm not making light of it. The reason those things are happening is because of climate change. And I'm not denying climate change up here, this is not that, don't get into it. If you ever listened to this fucking podcast before, 
I rarely, if ever, go into politics because it's not what this is about. But I just found this interesting. And one thing I like to do, one thing Jake the Snake likes to do sometimes is if it catches my fucking analytical eye or my at times sane mind, I might spout out my feelings on the matter. Um, and this is just a brief synopsis of the issue. But CBS News, I don't really know where that station leads uh, leans rather politically you know you got your fox news obviously fucking republican leaning you got your cnn msnbc obviously fucking democrat leaning i don't know where cbs falls in the mixture i don't really care none of that should matter leave the politics out of it and just look at what i'm saying look at what cbs news is reporting it's so hot that's why your kids are fat oh thank you cbs for cracking the fucking code it's not because there's a slew of food deserts in this country, not just in poor neighborhoods now, but everywhere. It's not just the onslaught of fast food lurking around every corner, specifically marketed and targeted so fucking geniusly. Is that a word, geniusly? Ingenious? I don't know. To your fucking children. It's not because you're working and your husband's working and your girlfriend and your wife's working and your guys are too busy to maybe cook at home and your kids are just throwing a 20 piece of fucking nuggets and they're washing, they're rinsing down the nuggets, not even with soda, with some of the sauces. What is it, the barbecue sauce? It's dripping on their fucking fat little faces and it's sweating into the sweet and sour that's already stained their shirt. It's because they're shoveling, it's not because they're shoveling fucking Doritos and Cheetos down their throats and I do love Cheetos. It's not because most... Public schools have cut out phys ed and the requirements for any physical activity. Um, it's not because now all eight, nine-year-olds have tablets and phones and there's you know, a lot of great things you can do with that. You could learn a fucking workout app and you could look at what hiking trails around if you're that savvy or you could look at the surf report like I do. But you also might be looking down a lot with your neck like this. I do it too. Fucking hurts. And you might be looking down and you might be playing and you might be sliding in DMs or maybe your DMs are being slid into or maybe you're too young to be sliding into DMs and knowing what that is but you're watching some other kid watch another kid play video games and that's why your kids are fat. Maybe it's not because it's hot. Yeah, I know it's fucking hot. You know what I do sometimes? I work out inside. Exercise inside. I know five kids can't play wiffle ball in your living room but <clears throat> excuse me, it's hot. Yeah, summertime tends to be, but uh, that's not why your kids are fucking fat, dude. It's because there's corn syrup in every goddamn thing. The toothpaste they're brushing the fucking little teeth with probably has corn syrup in it. I don't know. Just a thought. Maybe not a thought. I don't know. Maybe it is right. You know, it's so damn hot. I might put on 20 pounds by the end of this fucking episode because I got the fans off, windows shut, AC cut. I think I am getting fat. You know what? CBS News, touche. Anyways, back to the fucking original schedule program, which is Top five black exploitation film soundtracks of all time. This had to be its own episode. It had to be its own section. You have artists in this list and some that didn't make the top five. Some of these are the best musical artists of all time. And this is in some of their heyday, the apex of their careers. We're talking early to mid, a little bit to the late 70s. Some of the best music of that decade is going to make this list. Some of the best music ever is going to make this list. Some of the best musicians ever are on this list. So it had to be its own episode. Um, and I'm going to kick it off. And if, you know, you got a little discrepancy with the Snake Man's list, perhaps you offer up your, uh, you know, some of the black exploitation film soundtracks that didn't make the top five. Offer up your choices to me and, you know, I'll uh, say, hey, 
You got a great mind for film and soundtracks. Because I love movies, and I like music, obviously. 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 Uh, when they go together so seamlessly, so beautiful, it's just one cohesive, beautiful, artistic uh, gem for you to just revel in. I don't know that I did the hand thing like I'm looking at a bunch of diamonds and gems in my fucking hands. Yo, everybody on RG Live, thank you. I appreciate all of you. Um, so, number five, Across 110th Street. Um, there's the 1972 movie, Across 110th Street. The soundtrack is by the legendary Bobby Womack. And also, the, there is a score to the movie that Bobby Womack did not do. It was scored by J.J. Johnson, which is Triple J's, if you think about it. J.J. Johnson. But Bobby Womack provided all the original songs. And uh, the most notable song off this is the title track, Across 110th Street. You might also remember this from, it was used in the Jackie Brown soundtrack, which is kind of Quentin Tarantino's homage to 70s flicks. Maybe black exploitation flicks a little. He kind of has homages to certain genres of film he loves. You know, the spaghetti westerns he's done, his crime movies, his war movies. Anyway, um, but it's it's a fire ass movie. It's a fire ass soundtrack. Bobby Womack is a fucking beast. Uh, exceptional Bobby Womack Christmas album. If you're looking for another great Bobby Womack album, um, and. A little fun fact, a little Jake the Snake fun fact. There's a song on that soundtrack titled Quicksand, which is also the title of my first book, which you can get now alongside my new book, The Waiting Room. It's available everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, blah, 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 blah. All right, numero cuatro, number four. Some people might be surprised this is number four, not higher on the list. Uh, but this is, remember, these are, you know, the commandments from God handed to the Jake the Snake. I'm just kind of telling you what was on the fucking heavy stone tablets I got. It's Shaft by Isaac Hayes. 1971, the movie Shaft comes out. The Isaac Hayes album accompanying this is a double album. It's a big fucking thing at the time. This is probably... Um, one of the more famous, notable ones, maybe one that comes up into everyone's mind first when they think of black exploitation film soundtracks, particularly the theme from Shaft. That's the name of the song, theme from Shaft. If you're listening to man, you know, use your eyes and picture me doing the finger quotey things. Um, the theme from Shaft is makes this uh, this soundtrack legendary alone. It kind of gets reused and. Lots of movies. Uh, I think I'm a Get You Sucker. Keenan Ivory Wayans classic from the uh, late 80s, early 90s kind of uses it and makes a play on it as well as a play on all black exploitation films. And it's been kind of used over and over again. I mean, even in The Wire, Herc and Carver are fucking playing it. Um, other notable songs from that is Do Your Thing. And this, this double album, this was the first double album by an R&B artist ever, right? The first R&B uh, double album ever Fucking Isaac Hayes hits you with Shaft. And this was a number one album. This was a big fucking album. It won mad Grammys. How many Grammys? I don't know. It wasn't on the fucking tablets, dude. Do that. But it won a lot of Grammys. Shit. Isaac Hayes won an Oscar for the song, right? He won an Oscar for the best original song in a movie. This movie and the soundtrack both were huge and they helped pave the way for more black exploitation film soundtracks of the sort to come along and not only come along, but come along and be received so well. And, you know, when one artist makes a banger, they raise the bar, and it's almost like a healthy competition, people aren't trying to outdo each other, but the quality of music that's being put out is so good, everyone's just going to want to keep putting it out. Number three, 
I'm glad we're almost halfway through because it's hot in here today, man. CBS, you might be right. <laughs> uh, the Black Caesar soundtrack by James Brown. The Black Caesar movie was released in 1973. Uh, the JBs are also featured on it, not just James Brown. This is actually my personal favorite James Brown album. Um, alongside his Christmas album also. Another great Christmas album. Get the James Brown Christmas album. Get the Bobby Womack Christmas album. They're fucking fire. I don't like Christmas music. You think it's all the Mariah Carey shit and whatever. Yo, go listen to the James Brown and the Bobby Womack Christmas albums. I don't give a fuck if it's July 18th. They're great fucking albums. Great music. You actually might not hate Christmas with your family if you listen to them. Or maybe you're Jewish or you're celebrating Kwanzaa. It doesn't matter. The music's fucking good music. So, Black Caesar soundtrack. My favorite James Brown album because, you know, it's a movie, so the music's all got to be cohesive and fit the vibe of the movie, but then the album has a, a, a unique, cohesive feel to it, something I thought a lot of his other albums didn't have, and I really like that. Some of the notable songs off this album, the ones you might know are The Boss, right? Paid the Cost to Be the Boss, um, Down and Out in New York City, and Mama's Dead. Um, tons of samples lurking on this album and all of these albums. If you're a hip-hop head, listen to any of these with a keen ear, you're going to recognize a shitload of samples. Um, the film spawned a sequel called Hell Up in Harlem, uh, which is also a good film too, but James Brown did not do the soundtrack. It was actually Edwin Starr. But uh, good soundtrack nonetheless. Film's great, but Black Caesar, the film and the soundtrack, check it out. That's me hitting my hands together to make sure you check it out. Number two, numero dos. Man, we're getting to the bottom of it. Um, number two is the Trouble Man soundtrack by Marvin Gaye. The Trouble Man film was released in 1972. Uh, I'm a big Marvin Gaye fan. The Trouble Man album, the soundtrack, is my favorite, my favorite Marvin Gaye album. Followed by What's Going On, but I fucking love Trouble Man soundtrack. And this is only number two. But you, you got to listen to it. you got to understand why this is such a special album for Marvin Gaye. This is the first album Marvin Gaye wrote and produced all himself. Written and produced solely by Gaye himself. It's some creative freedom that a lot of artists didn't have at the time. Uh, and he, I think he was able to get this creative freedom coming off of the success of uh, What's Going On, which is also an album they were not really trying to make, uh, let him make. And he pushed for it, and it did exceptionally well, classically well, if you will. So maybe he was given a little more fucking freedom for this. But having that creative freedom, he really went into this album just doing what he wanted to do. And there's a beautiful thing, it doesn't matter what medium of art, whether it's fucking movies, music, writing, whatever. When you get to watch, witness, and experience an artist being completely free, doing what they want to do, how they want to do it with no limitations, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And you're really in the presence of something remarkable. So with that, he was able to give the soundtrack a groove. Um, he gave it a vibe for the main character of the film is T, uh, you know, short for trouble. Um, less social political commentary than other exploitation soundtracks. He's all about giving the the, uh, the you know the whole album a vibe, the movie a vibe. He wants it to be a vibe for the character T when he's in these certain scenes, uh, and it's exceptional. It's an exceptional vibe he gives it. 
He only does vocals on five of the tracks, and there's maybe 13, 14. So, you know, everyone knows Marvin Gaye as being one of the greatest, you know, singers ever and a great songwriter. He's only singing on five of these records, and it's not even like those songs are full-on vocals. Most of this album is instrumental, and it's fucking beautiful because he wrote this shit. He played a lot of it. And again, hip-hop heads, listen with your ears. Well, I don't know what the fuck else you're going to listen to. Good one, Snake Man. But listen, with your keen ears, you're going to pick up a lot of samples off this album that were used um, in many hip-hop songs. And it's really more like a score. It's a great flick. It's set in L.A. instead of New York, which is unlike a lot of these other movies I've listed. There was no big singles you'd really know off. There's no notable songs, because again, he wasn't trying to make these songs. He was merely making a... He really more like scored this album than made a soundtrack. Um, but you might know the main theme from Trouble Man. That's actually the name of the song. Main theme from Trouble Man. There's T Plays It Cool or the other song, Trouble Man. <laughs> Not to be confused with main theme from Trouble Man. Many, many years and decades later, uh, hip-hop artist T.I. would do a whole album called Trouble Man. I think uh, in lieu of some of his legal battles he was dealing with at the time. I like T.I., and that album wasn't bad, but I kind of don't, don't like if you're going to take the same name as another fucking classic album, also my favorite Marvin Gaye album, and it's just, I don't know. Oh, disregard the fucking motorcycles. I just got the Rough Riders in the goddamn driveway, it sounds like. All right, numero uno, number one, black exploitation film soundtracks of all time, ever, ever, ever. Superfly by Curtis Mayfield. The film Superfly released... Also, 1972. Um, I fucking love Curtis Mayfield, and this is the best Curtis Mayfield album. The best. The best black exploitation soundtrack. Mayfield at his apex. <clears throat> Excuse me. At his, just like he was, he's such a great writer, a great producer, a great singer, an instrumentalist, you name it. He's criminally underrated. I know he gets a lot of love, but he should get more because people just think of him for his songs. All the shit he did for the impressions, he wrote for so many other artists. He kills it. And then he comes out on this fucking soundtrack and really does maybe his, you know, in my opinion, like I said, his best work. And most people probably agree with me. It's a concept album. This is what this is. This, the, all these are concept albums. And this is one that has, unlike Trouble Man, a little more political social commentary at the times. Uh, big songs, notable songs you probably recognize off this, Freddy's Dead, Superfly, and Pusha Man. Um, this album sold millions, had two number one singles. Uh, Mayfield himself was also in it, playing essentially himself. It's a scene where they're playing music. Um, and he would go on to do more soundtracks. This album was so critically acclaimed, so well-received, so big selling and charting and all that. He did more soundtracks. Um, the One of my favorites uh, would be Short Eyes, which was based on a book and a play, rather. And there's a movie that's also got Mayfield in it. Uh, that's a great soundtrack, a lot shorter, and some hip-hop samples on that. But go get Superfly, go listen to it, you need to, I'm very lucky and fortunate, I have the original vinyl from the 70s, with the extensive fold out cover, so I fucking get to look at that and feel extra cool and special, uh, it does nothing for me, but I love to listen to it on vinyl, I'll listen to it on fucking cassette tape, whatever dude, you got shitty MP3s, I'll listen to it, cause it's just that good, uh, exceptional, all those albums are fire, if you have a discrepancy with it, start your own podcast and battle me with your top five Black exploitation film soundtracks ever, ever, ever. Or just tell me what you uh, really liked that I did not include. But it's fucking good stuff. If you like the podcast, subscribe. Give me a rating, a review on iTunes. 
The book, The Waiting Room, the book, Quicksand, available now on any of my socials. Um, but you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle. The audio book for The Waiting Room's coming soon. Audio book for Quicksand's out now. At Jake Frazek, at J-A-K-E-F-R-A-C-Z-E-K, at Damage Goods Podcast. Enjoy. Next week, I'm going to do top five reasons your kid's fucking fat.